This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans, go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is January 18th, 2021. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, brother? How's it going, man? Uh, just, you know, keeping up with some NFL playoffs and breaking down the magic with you guys and what was uh, kind of a, uh, not kind of, a very disappointing week. But Absolutely. And Luke says you guys because we are actually joined by my man, George Castro. You guys know George. Uh, he runs the Orlando Magic Nation account, Instagram account. Um, on Instagram, obviously, almost like 13K followers, I believe. My man's killing it. George, how's it going, man? What's up, guys? Happy to be on the show. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. So, um, George, obviously, this is your first time on the pod. We definitely appreciate you taking the time. Um, always been a, a supporter of the show, sharing our stuff and whatnot. Definitely appreciate that. Um, you're always killing it, you know, as far as like the content and everything goes, the community on Instagram. Love that. So, um, like myself, you are from New Jersey, actually. So, a lot of the listeners kind of know my story and, and Luke's story on how we became Magic fans, but you being in New Jersey, how did you become a Magic fan? So it's actually interesting, Jonathan. Uh, when I was really little, I'd say in 2009 during the finals run, uh, I started liking the Magic just because of the team name, because of the logo. So I was just this little kid shooting hoops and I just liked the name Magic. And I would watch Dwight Howard, a 2009 team. And I just like the name. I like the logo. And I started watching more games. And obviously, they were really good at the time. They were winning. And I had fun watching it. I kept watching it. And I've been a fan ever since. So you got duped into, into being a Magic fan. Like, yeah. there's like, oh, man, this team is so good. And then just like within three years, just course, complete. Yeah. And, and Luke, not to make you feel old, but but George here is 18. So, so in 2009, my man was six years old. I was six right. years old. Yeah, I was. Wow. Yeah. I was a freshman in high school, I think. So, and I was in like seventh or eighth grade. So, yeah. Well, perfect. That's yeah. that's awesome, man. But uh, so, um, George, obviously, we talked about how you run the the Instagram Instagram page. So, what was like kind of your inspiration and in, in the idea behind starting the the Instagram page? Because right now, you know, you're you're definitely one of the the biggest, uh, I guess, Instagram influencers as as far as it you know pertains to the Orlando Magic. So, just tell us a little bit about that. Of course, I was actually, I was a freshman when I created the page. It was four years ago. So I was actually sitting with one of my buddies. I would have this group of friends at school that really were into basketball. And a few of them actually had pages in my school. So freshman year, they kept telling me, you know, you're such a big fan. Make a page, make a page. Share your opinions with and connect with other Magic fans of those sorts. So I said to myself, at first, I didn't really want to do it because it's a lot of time. But, you know, I just I told myself, listen, I'm going to do it because I love the team so much. I want to connect with these people that like the team just like me. So freshman year, I just made it. You know, I didn't think it would get to this point where four years later, I'm still running it in college. But, uh, you know, I just I made it. Maybe I thought I was going to get a thousand, two thousand followers and it ended up growing into an actual brand. So uh, I'm happy I made the decision, obviously, but I'm just I'm just happy to share you know, that liking of the magic, see the opinions of other fans. I love it. Yeah, I think, I, uh, I think George, your account, uh, you said you made it, you know, four years ago at this point. Yeah. 
I think I was probably made aware of Orlando Magic Nation a couple years ago. Um, and then where I kind of stumbled across it um, and, you know, started following the page. Um, and I think it was kind of you and then Oscar, um, who now is the Magic Report. Before that was with The Wave, I believe. Um, so, yeah. Shout no, out Oscar. I'd, shout out Oscar. But, yeah, no, it, it's it's true. I mean, you starting it, it's crazy just what – you know, kind of following you can build for something that has such a niche like Orlando Magic basketball. I know, you know, Jonathan and I feel the same way with doing a podcast about the Magic. Um, you never think that you can get, you know, as many listeners or followers as, you know, you you know we have now. Um, but just really cool to kind of see it, you know, come to fruition. And, you know, kudos to you, George. That's awesome. Of course. I mean, I love it. I, I love doing it. It's a hobby for me. I don't really care about anything else. Right. Obviously, so they give advertisements, all that, but it's a hobby. You know, I love yeah. it because I'm able to connect with other people just like you guys it's sharing the passion for magic basketball. Yeah, I mean, I remember when uh when I first started the pod, um it'll be it'll be 2 years in, in like a month from now. And like one of the first few weeks we had like 150 listeners. I was like, "Oh snap. 150 <laughs> people listening." Like and it hasn't grown like exponentially or whatever. I mean, it's grown a little bit since then, but it's just like uh, and George, you know, you, you can speak to this. I know Luke can speak to this. When you just like continue to grind, and it's something that you really care about, and you're you're really passionate about, like eventually it's gonna it's gonna grow. It might not grow as fast as you want, but as long as you just keep grinding and, and putting that stuff out there and, and just keep it going, um, it, it's gonna end up growing. So so I love that. Of course. Um, so let's let's talk some Orlando Magic basketball. Let's right? do it. Um, before we get into what we do, like the weekly state of the Magic, George, I want to know who is your favorite Orlando Magic player that's currently on the team, who is your all-time favorite Magic player, and why? I'd say my favorite Magic player right now is Jonathan Isaac. I mean, many of our favorite players, Judah. I like Markel. Markel and Jonathan Isaac, it's kind of hard to pick between the two. Uh, but I, I like, I'd say I like Jonathan Isaac more. My favorite of all time is Dwight Howard just because I grew up watching that era and he was kind of the guy that I, I saw as an idol. Like this guy was taking us to the finals. He was the superstar. He's the star of the team. So although, you know, everything happened that happened, the trade, all that stuff, I'd say he's still my favorite because that's just the guy I grew up watching. Do you think that Dwight Howard deserves the hate that he gets from the magic fan base as a result of all that? Uh, I think he does. I think I think he made a dumb decision. Obviously, it's in the past, but you know, look where his career went. I think, I think he deserves the hate. Yeah, I mean, that's it's not often that you find someone that you know, the, Dwight Howard is their favorite Magic player, but you also, on the flip side, it say like they deserve that hate. I, and, I, I mean, I, I'd say he deserves some of the hate, but he also deserves the recognition because a lot of fans they give him the hate, but they don't recognize like this guy was the star. This guy brought us right. to the finals. He was an MVP type caliber player. And I think a lot of people just forget to recognize that. Yeah, no, for sure. And that was something with like, Jonathan said something this the other day, and this is my response. Anytime someone asks me my opinion on somebody and you know, my personal opinion on like a, an athlete the other day, uh, urban Meyer was the coach of the uh, Florida Gators back. I don't in the day. care what you say. You hate him deep down inside. No, I faking, I faking heart problems and, and my, whatnot just to get my he saw Tim Tebow leaving. He's like, Oh my, my heart, my heart. I can't coach no. anymore. So oh, Ohio state. I'm coming. Anyway, uh, Jonathan asked me the other day, you're not disputing any of that though. So you know, it's true. listen, I'm getting, I'm not this. disputing it. 
I'm, I'm getting to this. So the other day, Jonathan says, Urban Meyer got hired as the Jags head, Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Mm-hmm. He says some to the extent, basically, like, do you hate him? Do you just, you know, what's your feelings towards Urban Meyer, basically? Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I can't hate him. He brought me two yeah. national championships. How yes. He gave me the best, you know, the years of best years of my life in regards to being a Gator fan. Right. And now same thing applies to Dwight Howard. People ask me, do you do you hate Dwight? Do you have any like remorse for Dwight? Why why would I have any remorse for Dwight? He took he gave me one of the best sports years of my life. So that's my that's my thing. And yes, Jonathan, I'm raising my hand. Yeah, because yeah, everybody can see me here. Did you hate Dwight previously though? I've gotten over it, but I will tell you, I hated Dwight with a burning (laughs) passion for probably six years. Um, I don't. I you never hated ever, Dwight? Never. I, I, I'm sure initially, right? Come on. So, like, initially with the interview with Stan and all the, you know, mentioning Stan, that whole debacle, right? Um, I, I was in seventh grade, so I was, like, distraught that he left. I vividly remember watching the finals. I was a, I was a big Magic fan. That's really kind of the, you know, year before that was really when I got into it, um, being a Magic fan entirely, and I was all aboard. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, if something like that happened today – I'd be like, no, yeah, I hated yeah. Dwight Howard. Uh, but it, in seventh grade, it was like, we just went to the finals. It stinks that he left. And probably at the time, I probably didn't know all the details. Um, and to be well, quite transparent. I so, was a little bit more um, mature than you fellas. So <laughs> older, you know, a little wiser, I, if I'd you say, will. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'd say in the moment, you know, it was it was a lot of people hated him in the moment because it was kind of an in the moment thing. But now just to look back. I mean, all these years of rebuilding, six, seven years, it's like, you know, you can't really hate him. You just appreciate what he did. Yeah. Yeah. You you realize how hard that journey is to get to the point where you're a finals contender. I think we understand that now. We're, you know, now that we're not spoiled anymore. um, Oh, my goodness gracious. Tell me about the finals and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. So. All right. Well, thank yeah. you, George. So let's let's get into the state of the magic, fellas. We do this every single week for those of you that might be listening for the first time. We're basically going to run down like how the magic did this week and how they're doing on the season so far. So I'll try to get through this as quickly as possible. The magic went 0 and 3 on the week with a 121 to 99 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in Orlando, a loss in Boston to the Celtics 124 to 97, then a loss in Brooklyn 122 to 115 Saturday night to the Nets. Wednesday's game in Boston that the Magic were supposed to have played was postponed due to Boston uh, testing and doing contact tracing for COVID, the NBA's health and safety protocols. Orlando has now lost five in a row. They currently have a record of six and seven. They have lost seven of their last nine contests after starting the season four and oh. The Magic are sixth place in the East right now. They are a game and a half behind the Philadelphia 76ers, and they own the tiebreaker over the seventh seed Cleveland Cavaliers, who are also six and seven. The Magic right now are 26th in the league this season in offensive rating at 105.4 points per 100 possessions and 23rd in the league in defensive rating, allowing 111.6 points per 100 possessions. 538 as of today give the Magic a 63% chance of making the playoffs. And the Orlando Magic's injury woes continue as they are still without Evan Fournier due to to back spasms. He has missed the last nine games and will miss Monday's game against the Knicks as well. He has officially been ruled out. Michael Carter-Williams is still working his way back uh, to come back from a left foot strain. Chuma Okiki, we're still waiting on him to return. He's out with a left knee bone bruise. 
Al Farouk Aminu continues to recover from a torn meniscus from December of 2019. And then Mo Bamba now is out due to non-team contact tracing, but he has not tested positive for COVID-19. So what that means is he has come in contact with someone that has tested positive for COVID. That is someone that is outside of the Magic organization. And then uh, Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz are both out due to torn ACLs. So my first question for you guys, I don't know if you saw the uh, the interview. Markel came into the building the other day to, to meet with reporters via Zoom, obviously. They're asking him questions about his ACL. So, George, you mentioned that Markel is one of your favorite players. He's one of my favorite you know, current players as well. I'm right there with you. It, it's Jonathan is definitely number one, but like Markel is like 1B, like he, he's right there. Markel said he's never felt better. Like he said, my body apart from the knee feels amazing and then just, just my spirits. Like just speak to like what is it about Markel, like the person that makes you like just want to root for the kid and want him to succeed? Of course. I think it's I think it's a mixture just of his personality, Jonathan, and everything he's been through. I mean, he's he's been through so much with the shoulder in this injury with Philly, everything of that sorts. And I mean, it, I just feel bad for the guy. Like he just tore his ACL. He never really got a full season under his belt other than last year. And we kind of started to see his blossom this year with the triple double with uh, the 20 point games. He was averaging 18 points per game, I think after four or five games in the year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Magic fans thought this was finally the breakout year. Markel was gonna average 16, 17 points. I mean, this was the breakout year. So I feel bad because, I mean, he was just blossoming everything he's been through. And the fact that he said, I've never felt better, uh, I mean, it, it just speaks to his mental toughness, how mentally tough he is uh, and how seasoned he is. You know, he's only 21 years old and he acts like he plays and he acts as if he's a vet. So, I mean, I'm just excited to see Markel, obviously, next season and to see his growth. And Luke, we we talked, you know, obviously last week uh, with with Michael Orlando. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, you can go back and, and, and check that out. But Luke, we talked about how worried we are, like a, or were, about the future of the Magic. Hearing Markel talk like that and, and talking like he's he's so confident, and and we kind of had questions like, is something perhaps going on with the training staff? He was asked about that. Uh, I think it was Dan Savage asked him, how do you feel? You know, your confidence level in the in the the training staff, and he said, I would bet my life on them. So. Hearing yeah. what we've heard from Markel the past couple of days, has your opinion on that, like your level of concern changed at all? Luke? Um Yeah, so I don't I don't I don't know that it, like it hasn't changed in a negative way. Um it's kinda hard to say that I'm like, you know, fully confident that Markel and Jonathan Isaac and the future of the team and with their injuries that they're that they're gonna be the long-term answer for the magic i want them to be i hope that they are but you know when it comes to things like acl tears and you know thankfully they're not career enders anymore but there's still is you know that's scary any injury that takes you out for an entire season is very scary now you've got that with two of your players so it's kind of hard to um it's kind of hard to explain like if I'm super confident that that they'll make full recoveries and be the players that they were, the players they were trending to be, um, I hope that we get to see them reach that full potential. And yeah, I mean, it helps having a guy like Markel. The reason that Markel's attitude, you know, is such a great thing 
is because of his attitude. If he was in a bad mental state, if he, um, you know, was really down about everything um, after this, then I would be worried. I, you know, that then I would say, yeah, negatively, like I'm, I definitely feel worse about the future of the Magic, just because your mental state's your whole thing, right? But Markel, you know, going from uh, didn't, you know, his, I think it was his. Uh, you, that he was on a podcast with JJ Redick earlier um, in the week, I believe. And so he had kind of talked about his, everything he had gone through. If you guys haven't listened to that, you definitely should go listen to it. Old man in the three is the name of the podcast. Incredible episode. Um, and he kind of talks about how, you know, where he came from. He wasn't always looked at as, you know, one of the, the best players on the team. Didn't make his varsity team his sophomore year. I believe it was um, yeah. in high school. Uh, and then had a growth spurt. Obviously, that helped. But his the one thing that stayed the same and what he echoed was my attitude never changed. I always he said in high school, I told myself I want to be like my goal was be the number one draft pick in the NBA. He did it. So why should I be that concerned if he's saying, you know, it, with if he's the same guy with that mindset, which he seems to be um, and much more mature at this point in his life? Why? You know, I, I shouldn't doubt it. And so hopefully there's nothing physically restraining him, but we know for a fact there's nothing mentally holding Markel back. Not only did he tell himself he was going to be the number all, over, number one overall pick, he's telling his boys that. Like as a sophomore in high school, yeah, yeah I'm going to be the number one pick. And they're like, bro, you just got caught, cut from varsity. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? But right. no, just kind of to echo what you said, Luke, that was my whole thing. Like, I don't think anybody would be able to blame Markel for being down about this injury, given just everything that he's been through right. as hard as he fought to get back on the court. Like if, if he would have been like in there, like depressed, like, you know, it's voicing his frustrations and everything like that. I don't think any of us would have blamed him one iota. The other thing, though, right. that you mentioned, I don't think it's it, it was possible for me to feel worse about his injury. <laughs> like since it happened, like how do you come in and be like, oh man, blah blah. blah. I'd have felt I would just still would have been completely depressed. That's I, that was my baseline right. <laughs> off of Markel's injury. But yeah. that interview, like, really, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, it lifted my spirits. Right? Like, yes, it it has made me more confident that he's not down, that he's gonna attack it. You know, that he's honestly already attacking the rehab. You know, they've got to get the swelling down before they can operate on the knee and everything like that. But, um. Yeah, it, it definitely made me feel much better about, you know, his prospect. Same thing with Jonathan. Like, as soon as the ACL, yeah. like, it was, like, within the next day he was posting, like, you know, a lot of people might not get this reference, Luke and I. Like, he said, it is well. Like, and Luke and mm -hmm. I, you know, our, our faith and everything like that. Like, that really resonates with us. So, him saying that, it was like, I, I'm good. Like, I tore my ACL, but I'm good. Markel, I tore my ACL, but I've never felt better. So, now, are their bodies yeah. going to hold up? Fingers crossed. We we don't know, <laughs> but again, yeah. I feel a lot better about the injury. So, all right, let's break down the games. Um, you know, as quickly as we can. Uh, from the the past week, just kind of summarize what went down, and then we can kind of talk about the the bigger picture. So, Bucks game on Monday. So, um, you know, obviously the Magic are trying to readjust uh, the offense and kind of the way that the team needs to operate uh, to try to be as efficient as possible without guys like Markel and Evan Fournier. So this was Aaron's debut at like the, the point forward role. The thing that I loved about this game, guys, was like from the opening tip, Aaron was just talking cash, you know what, to Giannis, like the entire game, which was amazing. But the Magic trailed by two. 9.42 to go in the game after an Aaron Gordon, I guess we're calling it a dunk. It wasn't really a dunk, in my opinion, on Giannis, who then immediately comes down, hits a three. 
uh, puts the Bucks up by five. The Bucks close out the game on a 33 to 13 run. Magic lose 121 to 99. Nikola Vucevic finished the game 28 points, 13 rebounds, four of nine from the three point line. Aaron Gordon again in his first game, essentially running the point. 21 points, eight assists. Five rebounds. He was three of four from three. And then Giannis led all Milwaukee Bucks scorers, uh, 22.6 rebounds and four assists. And Giannis was actually in a decent amount of foul trouble um, in that game. Again, Boston game on Wednesday was postponed. Boston on Friday, the Magic lost 124 to 97. And in my opinion, this one never really felt close. Celtics were without Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Carson Edwards due to the NBA's health and safety protocols, which I was happy about for this game, but really screwed up my fantasy this week. (laughs) Not happy about that. Um, But that really didn't seem to make a difference. Orlando struggled all night to get open looks. I felt like that was mainly in part to Boston's defense. They, They just really executed really nicely. But it was also largely due to Orlando's offensive limitations with so many guys out and, you know, Terrence Ross up to this point hasn't been shooting the ball all that well the last you know four or five games kind of bounced back last night we can talk about that in a moment but Orlando shot 40% from the floor and 25% from three to Boston's 51% from the floor and 40% from three Aaron Gordon led all magic scorers with 17 points two rebounds and then three assists so um, magic played the Nets last night Uh, as everyone knows they have now acquired James Harden, so he made his debut last night. So let's talk about the the James Harden trade, guys. I want to kind of go through some of these details here. So this is from uh, ESPN. So in the trade, the Nets send uh, center Jared Allen and forward Torian Prince, Prince to Cleveland, guard Karis LeVert and forward Rodion's Kuruks, as well as fir- three first-round draft picks, 22, 24, 26, Four first-round pick swaps, 21, 23, 25, 27 to Houston. The Rockets received Dante Exum and a 22 first-round pick from Cleveland via Milwaukee. Brooklyn acquires a 2024 second-round draft pick from the Cavaliers. And then Houston flips Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo basically immediately. Now, throughout the physical process, it's uh, we've now learned that uh, Karis LeVert has some type of small mass on one of his kidneys. And he's going to get further evaluation on that. So, Luke, first, like, thoughts uh, on the Harden trade, like, your reaction. How do you think Brooklyn did? How do you think Houston did? Uh, well, first of all, just prayers out to Karis LeVert, his family. Um, that's a scary situation, being someone that um, my dad uh, has a, a brain tumor that, um, thank goodness, is benign. And they just kind of keep it con- under control at this point. He's had it for 20 years and, you know, has to go in for scans all the time. Um I know, you know, how scary that type of stuff is and just waiting on news is the worst. So really just praying for Levert and his family. Um, But I mean, under all that, the trade would seem to be a blessing for him because if that doesn't happen, he probably doesn't get that that scan and they don't get to find that, you know, small mass. So um, all that being said, onto the basketball stuff. I mean, they the Nets got their guy, you know, they they got the guy that, well, James Harden got his team, I should say. Oh he gosh. he got what he asked for. He he taught us all that if you pout, whine, and complain, uh, you can get what you want. And um, kind of just speaks to the the way the NBA landscape works um, and how entitled a lot of these players are if you're one of the top dollar guys. Um, granted, they, they make their teams a lot of money. So, I mean, if you want to voice your opinion and you want to go about it, he got his way. So, all that to say, um, I mean, him and KD together, what else do you want? We saw it the other night. Like that's a 
That's a team where if Kyrie comes back, which, by the way, who knows what happens with Kyrie. There's a theory going around out there that, you know, the the Nets are doing this to cover themselves. Because what if Kyrie just, like, doesn't come back? Now they've got at least another guy. Um, and that, you know, they got two guys that now, right now, at least that can be the guy. If Kyrie comes back, I mean, what, you just stick Harden at, at running point because you trust him the least to, you know, run off ball and, and make plays off ball. And then you just let Katie and Kyrie go to work off ball, give Katie the ball in the post, give it to him wherever he's going to score. It doesn't matter. Katie is ridiculous. I think we all saw that the other night. There's just points where he's just like demoralizing, just walks up the court and shoots any shot he wants and it's going in. Um, Harden with him on the pick and roll, like with run the pick and roll and finding, you know, KD on the wing, that stuff, like they're going to be disgusting. I think I, I know there's a lot of people that are saying, oh, I just don't know if it's going to work out. Stop it. Stop it. It doesn't. They're, they're top tier players. They, yes, they only beat the magic the other night, but it was Harden's first game. He puts up a triple double. Like they, he's James Harden. He's a great player regardless assists. of what I think. Yeah. What'd you say? Uh, what'd you say, George? 14 assists. Yeah. I mean, he's. He's a stud. So from that aspect, Nets, whatever. Now, that was a haul to Houston. That was a haul. That's a lot of stuff. If I'm Houston, like, that's telling you that there is just, like, that they're going to build around John Wall. That's all there is. And they hope that, you know, Oladipo can come to form. They're, they're putting their eggs in some pretty, pretty <laughs> crazy baskets. but a basket um, with a lot of holes at the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh so we'll see. I don't know. I mean, they, they set themselves up with some picks, and that's what they're going to need to do. Just continue to, to flip players for picks and um, start the rebuild. I don't know. George, what did, what were your thoughts kind of on, on that stuff? I think it's an interesting trade for Brooklyn. Obviously, they gave up a haul. I mean, yeah. six, seven picks, I think you said, four pick swaps. It's a haul. I mean, they're not going to have their top pick for until 2027. And I don't know if it's worth that for Harden. Obviously, they're looking to win now. But I think it's, I mean, Levert, seven picks, Jared Allen. I don't know if it's worth it for the Nets. Obviously, there's concerns with Harden, with Katie, with Kyrie. I just don't know what's going on with Kyrie. I don't know how the locker room's going to be affected. There's just so many questions. Yeah. And like you said, Luke, I mean, they're superstars. They should click. And, yeah. I mean, Harden, Katie, and Kyrie. But I just don't know what's going to happen come playoff time. With the dribbling, I mean, they're all ball-dominant players, at least Harden and Kyrie. And I just don't know who's going to – I don't know how they're going to distribute the shots, how they're going to do that. Come playoff time, I think regular season, they're fine. I'm concerned about all the picks they gave up, but come playoff time, I think that's the big question. too. Yeah, and the other thing, last thing I'll add kind of on my point is um, if you if they keep the game close, like regardless of their depth – by the way, Brooklyn, a lot of guys, Chris Chioza and all, and all those guys on the bench um, last year held it down in the bubble. They played a lot better than anyone thought. Timothy Luwawu Cabarro. Right. TLC. Probably the most fun name yeah. to say in the entire <laughs> league. Yeah, I, I try not to, so I just say TLC. I, so, hope, I hope Nets Twitter has like a bunch of like waterfall references. Like for, every time he hits a bucket, like we right. have, you know, the, the, the human torch, we have more champagne. Like they better be like... Don't go chasing water. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to stop Anyways, you from singing. Yeah, we're going to stop. Uh, Sorry. So, uh, no, all I'm saying is they've got some guys that, yes, they it looks like they're not a deep team, and they're not, but they've got guys that are used to their stars being away, um, and they're used to having to, tr- to play up to the competition. The thing is, if they can just come in and keep it relatively close, in-game, two minutes left, crunch time, you have KD, Kyrie, and James Harden on the court. 
If I'm a Nets fan, I'm not worried. And I think Joe Harris is huge for that team too because he's yeah. he's going to get so many shots with those three players. I mean, and he's such a terrific three-point shooter. If he can make his shots, I think he can average 16, 17, 18 points a game. He's going to get so many shots. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of shots because those guys are, are just – just full of gravitational force and, and effect. And those guys, you know, drive the lane, everybody collapses on them. And he, like you said, and he just, Joe Harris pops out at the three and it's over. Um, yeah. Joe Harris is great. He, I really like watching him play too. Um, great shooter, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I think all my thoughts on, on the Nets, James Harden, they gave up a haul, but they got who they wanted. They need to win. Um, I think we may be able to, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but here in a couple years, we'll be, be able to look back and really see if it was worth it. Yeah, Joe Harris, uh, one of the best three-point shooters in the league. You know, a uh, one-time Orlando Magic player for about 30 seconds before Rob Hennigan decided he didn't need him and decided to waive him in a in a <laughs> trade where the the Magic sent Channing Fry to Cleveland. Um, so yeah, so I mean that just really brings up rough memory. I wore this jersey so y'all could see that the, the Alfred uh, Payton just to just to to remind all the folks uh, where where we've come from and. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully there's there's better days ahead. But as far as the the Harden trade, I'm going to come at this from a, a different angle. It sucks, and you want to know why it sucks? We just got rid of the freaking Golden State Warriors with <laughs> with KD, with Clay, with with Steph, with with Draymond. Where it was like, okay, every single year you can just pencil the Warriors into the finals. And guess what? If these guys can figure it out and get the chemistry together, it's going to be the same freaking thing every year for the next three four years. You can pencil the Nets into the finals because. <laughs> Just like you said, Luke, and exactly, even though it was Harden's first game last night with the Nets, I was I told my wife as it was close in the third quarter, I'm like, we're gonna lose this game because it's gonna be close in the last five minutes, and KD and James Harden are gonna do things that those guys do, and we don't have somebody that's gonna be able to match that to that level, and that's exactly kind of how we saw it play out. It was close, especially in the third quarter. Then James Harden and Kevin Durant start doing the things that they do. Give it to Vooch, give it to Cole Anthony, give it to Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross. Those guys did their absolute best to keep us in that game, and they did to a certain extent, but down the stretch it was just too much KD, it was too much James Harden, and we could not stop those guys. But what I will say from a like a purely like basketball aspect, what are you going to do? You got three of probably arguably like what the best six, seven offensive players in the entire league on one roster. If anybody can figure out how to facilitate that, it's going to be Steve Nash, right? One of the best facilitators of all time. He's got Mike D'Antoni on his staff, who that was probably another big reason of James Harden wanting to go to Brooklyn once again to to work with Mike D'Antoni. If anybody can figure out how to, you know, I mean, I think we could figure out how to play those guys together and and be somewhat (laughs) efficient offensively. I mean, you've got that amount of talent. It's actually ridiculous. I just want to mention the Bucks scored a touchdown a few minutes ago. They're now up 10 with 448 to go. I've got the Bucks plus three. So my bet is looking good right now. Just want to throw that out there for everyone. Hope the Bucks win. Me and George, obviously, we had conversations before the pod that we're both Giants fans. But being here in Florida, if it's not the Giants, I, I tend to root for the Bucks. But all that to say, I mean, I just don't know. I don't think that. If they really figure it out and get it rolling, it's still early enough in the season. I, I just think they're the heavy favorites in the East right now to to make the final. So we might be looking at, you know, Nets, Lakers, you know, round three, four, five, just like we did with the Cavs, Warriors. And we all know how much fun that was. So it's, it's just really, really annoying. Like, it sucks because you have 
a team, you know, even if you look at like OKC that, you know, had KD, it had Russ, it had Harden, had to end up losing all three of those guys at some point. It just sucks that at times it's so hard for like these smaller markets to keep their guys. Like if you want to talk about the magic, we can talk about that all day. We can talk about Dwight. Uh, you know, we can we can talk about Shaq, obviously. Um, you can talk about New Orleans losing Anthony Davis. Uh, Cleveland, you know, LeBron went and played in Miami. I, I, I think and I hope that eventually the NBA will do something to help incentivize teams being able to keep these superstars when they draft them because the money just doesn't matter anymore. When we're talking about guys, you know, they have the ability to make $45 million if they stay here, but if they go somewhere else, they're going to make $35 million. Like, yes, $10 million is a lot of money, but $35 million is still plenty of money. And if these guys are really prioritizing winning, it just doesn't seem like there's ever going to be anything that teams, especially like Orlando, we're in Florida. We have great weather, no income tax, but, you know, an hour and a half flight away, you got Miami. Like, how are we supposed to compete with that? Like, the, the championship DNA that they have there, obviously, like, Miami is a hot spot for vacationing, and people love living there and everything like that. NBA, please do something to stop this. Stop the madness. <laughs> I was okay with the duos last year. You know, everyone had, like, their two guys. You know, Kawhi and Paul George in, in on the Clippers, LeBron and, and, and KD, uh, AD. AD, excuse me, in L.A., um, but this this is just this is too much. Like this year, it was going to be KD and Kyrie, and we were going to see how all that was going to pan out. But obviously, there's a reason they play the games. Who knows? The Nets could be trash. I highly doubt it. But that that's my two cents. I don't know if you guys have anything else uh, to add to that. Uh, I think on the terms of the Nets, Jonathan, the the only thing that concerns me is that locker room. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Kyrie with Harden with that situation? I mean, no one really knows what Kyrie's thinking. I mean, the guy's just, he's, yeah. nobody knows. And I think, I think that would be the only thing that holds them back. You know, who knows? Maybe Harding goes in there. The other players don't like him. He acts like he was in Houston. I mean, you just, you just don't know what's going to happen in that locker room. So I think that's the only concern. I don't know what's up with Kyrie. Uh, but I think besides that, I think they're a force to be reckoned with. I would agree with that. It, obviously, the chemistry is going to play a, a huge role in that. But let, So let's talk about the actual Nets game. So uh, I, I felt like the Magic really fought the entire game. Again, they, they played really well. Uh, the Nets definitely seemed like a team that ha- was playing together for the first time. Again, Orlando was down two at the halftime break and then held as much as a five-point lead late in the third before, again, KD and Harden kind of took over for the Nets. And that was the story in the fourth. The Magic did a pretty nice job of answering whenever the Nets would score for the most part but they just could not get enough stops. Orlando loses 122-115, to 115, their fifth loss in a row. Nikola Vucevic finishes the night with 34 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals, 14 of 22 from the floor, 6 of 12 from 3. All-star. He is the first center in NBA history to put up at least 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, and 5 made threes. Regardless of our record and what it might be, at the All-Star break. Do you think Vooch is playing well enough right now that like the the record won't play into it, Luke? Like even if the Magic are like, I don't know, 5 or 6 games underneath, you know, 500 at the time that all this voting cuz there's not going to be a game, but as well as Vooch is playing right now, do you think that is good enough to get him into the All-Star game regardless of the record? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, let's not overthink it. Like, he's he's insane. Like, it, I said it to you the other day, like, Vooch is not a flashy guy. He's not someone that you, you know, could watch highlights of him forever. But it's just his consistency, right? I, I would like, argue if with I, that. If he shoots... You would argue with that. You would. You want to watch, watch a mid range, watch, a I'll watch three, those, those, and, those and hooks a hook shot all day. You're you're a Magic fan, and you're biased. <laughs> so facts. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but point being, I mean, if you look at the numbers, if you actually sit down and watch a Magic game, which kind of probably is the issue with you know some of the the voters or you know what it might be. But the good thing is for Vucevic, I know he doesn't care as much, you know, as we do about an all-star appearance when the Magic aren't that great this year. Um but the good thing that he's got going for him is that he's been an all-star. So he's on the radar. He's on he's going to be on the all-star radar the rest of his career and they're going to always be hey, what what's Vucevic's numbers? Where where are they at? They're they're going to always want to know now. And I think that you cannot overlook how valuable and how much the magic, you know, love this guy. This guy keeps us in games. Like I said, his consistency is insane. He shoots a mid-range shot, and I'm like, it's going in. I don't even have to watch if it goes in. I know it's going in. And so, it, I mean, he's just he's steady. He's steady. He he's an all-star. He's he's. I believe he should be a two-time all-star. Um, you know, when all is said and done this year. All right, let's take a quick break. I definitely agree with you, Luke. I think if he keeps up the pace that he's at, he should definitely be an all-star, at least if the Magic are in that playoff range in the hunt for the playoffs, 8-9 seed, because the guy's yeah. playing out of his mind. And I think it stems from the Buck series. I mean, I think he averaged 29, 30 points that Buck series, and that three-pointer's just dropping. I think he's an all-star. Yeah, and and on top of that, he's he's a big man that always averages around three point five to four assists per game. Like, what else do you want from him? He he, you know, you you focus on him in the post. He can find people. He's not don't don't get don't get me wrong. He's not he's not Jokic, all right. But he is incredible. And like I said, I believe this season he should he will and should be an all star. Yeah, this season twenty two point eight points per game. Shooting fifty one point three percent from the floor, forty two point seven percent from three, ten rebounds, three point eight assists, almost hey, a steal and a half. Can you read that three point percentage again? Forty two percent on the year. Last five games, twenty five point eight points per game, fifty two percent from the floor, forty one percent from three, eleven rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Yeah, let him Playing know out because of his mind. the the guy is shooting at this point. Obviously, it's only been 13 games, but we're getting to the point where we have a sample size, right? 13 games. He shoots 6.3 attempts a game, which if he keeps that up, that's his most in his career. And I'll admit, coming into this season, I was like, hey, if Vooch could chill out with shooting the three besides the trailing three, then that'd be great. But now I'm like, just shoot it. Just shoot it. He He's shooting six a game. He's almost at uh, 43%. Actually, he's at 42.7. So, as a center. As a center. I mean, he's – and, and that's kind of the thing. Like, you prove your how valuable you are as a center these days by, you know, your range and your ability to have vision. And I think guys like, like Jokic and Vucevic have been able to kind of further pioneer that movement. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's incredible. And it, 
I regret ever saying anything about we should move on from Nikola Vucevic to give Mo Bamba run or whoever it might have been next man up, right? But I don't I don't care. I in order to not have a pitiful record, you need Nikola Vucevic on your team. And I'm I don't know. There there's all about tanking and all that kind of stuff. But I'd rather our guys develop under games that matter, and Vucevic is going to get you to that point where you're playing in games that matter. Well, as it comes to you know talk about Vuce, I don't know if I can speak for you. I'm, I'm going to speak for me, obviously. I, that goes without saying. But when it when it came to a couple of years ago, when I think there was a lot of chatter about you know moving on from Vuce and, and trying to you know get Mobamba minutes, especially after you know he was re-signed me like the whole thing was like okay you move on from Vooch after two or three years of this contract if Mo is ready right like if Mo's not then you obviously don't move on from Vooch but so I wanted to ask you guys you know start off the season you know 4-0 and now in our last nine we're two and seven okay six and seven on the year I think especially when I when I talk to other people that don't follow the team as closely as obviously the three of us do people are like yo what what's going on Right. Mm. And the thing that I always say is we, we're we're we can't keep anybody healthy. Like the team is just decimated right now. And I think that can definitely come off as like, you know, a homer or you're just making excuses, things like that. I wanted to get your guys take on this. Do you think, George, you, you can take this first. Do you think that like it really obviously injuries aren't the only problem, but I would say right now injuries are like 90 percent of the problem with this team. Of course, I mean. It's just tough to see because we know how good this team would be when they're playing at their best. It's just the injuries, and it sucks. And a question I get, Jonathan and Luke, a lot, and a lot of chatter that I see about the Magic about this season in particular after Markel's ACL tear is, should the Magic tank or should the Magic go for it? Uh, me, being such a big fan watching every game, I just I can't root for my team to tank. I just can't because I can't sit in front of the TV and watch every game and wish for the team to lose. I just can't do that. So I personally, I want to go for the playoffs, obviously. But I'd say if I could fast forward, meaning if I could go five year, five months in advance right now, I would choose to tank. Because, I mean, we're not going to have Markel till next year. We're not going to have Isaac. But if we were to tank, we could have a high pick. We could get another player that we could put under our system to develop. But I just can't. I can't watch the team tank. I just can't. Yeah, I mean, I'm to to piggyback off that. Like you said, it, it's kind of you know where I hate tanking, but I get it because if the system's going to reward you for for sucking, then why wouldn't you just suck? Um, but you know, it's hard because how do you like when you're tanking? It's just essentially like you got guys out. You 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 know you rest a guy another week who has an injury where he could have come back right. Um, but I would, I mean, I'd love to see these guys make a push um, and and try to stay competitive. But it, my tune did change a little bit when Markel goes out, right, with with a torn ACL. There was even point validity to thinking, like, maybe the Magic should tank anyway, even with Markel healthy, um, just because, like, realistically, 4-0, that wasn't sustainable. You know, Orlando played some uh, pretty easily winnable games aside from the Heat. Um, who also struggled to start the year. So, um, so with all that being said, uh, once Markel goes down, it's like, okay, now who are the young guys I really want to get growth? Like Cole Anthony and Chuma when he's back, I guess. However, what's kind of shifted for me is it's about Aaron Gordon for me now. And we can get into that 
you know, whenever, Jonathan, but um, he's run a point now, and he's doing well. He's thriving. So um, I'm I'm all aboard for staying competitive so Aaron Gordon can find a role. Obviously, point guard's not where he's going to live for his career, but if he can get little things and, and learn to become a better facilitator and all that kind of stuff and it highlights his bright spots, maybe with that second unit, maybe, you know, you can run him there and kind of stack him with, with MCW or whoever you have, you know, run a backup point guard. Um, so I, I don't know, but yeah. So I definitely think there's, there's two sides to this conversation. Like when it, when it pertains to tanking, like number one is obviously you don't ever want to have a losing culture and you definitely don't want to try to lose on purpose. I just don't think that breeds bad habits and it doesn't probably doesn't breed good karma either. On the other side, you know, especially, you know, again, just kind of to share your guys' feelings, my the way that I felt about this definitely changed when Cole tore his ACL, uh, not Cole, when Markel tore his ACL. Don't manifest that. I, the, take oh it my out. Goodness. We're taking it out. I, I take We're it taking back. it out of the I universe. Take it back. Don't, <laughs> I take it back. Bring that back to me. Tear my ACL. I don't care. Um, please, God, no. Uh, but um, when Markel tore his ACL, I don't think that you should – intentionally tank however i also don't think this team needs to try to sell out just to make the playoffs again uh i don't know exactly what that looks like right now the way that the team is playing right now and the the way that the roster is i mean the the guys that we're we're trotting out there i mean some nights it's you know kareem mané and it's jordan bone and uh you know cole is definitely improving but definitely has a lot of improvement to make still it has some growth uh that needs to happen right now. I I don't I, when we talk about like five thirty eight saying the magic right now have a sixty three percent making of the playoffs. I'm like where, like where are you coming up with that? Because what I'm seeing on the floor right now is not good enough, right? And we can you know we can argue about that at a at a different time. But I definitely think there's you know there there's two sides to that. I think there's you know valid points on on each side of that. When we talk about Jonathan Isaac and and Markel and their health. Would it be great if we were able to, you know, end up with a high pick and get a guy like Cade Cunningham or, you know, like a like a Jalen Green? Um, you know, that that would kind of help solidify that young core and give us a little bit of insurance just in case maybe those guys don't reach the pinnacle that we think they can. I, I really don't know. Um, but let, let's kind of jump to Aaron Gordon, Luke, because I love that you brought him up. That was actually my next point. So we're now seeing him in the last three games kind of take on this point forward role. Uh, and when it talks, when we talk about you know potentially you know tanking or what moves can we make, um, obviously Aaron Gordon is going to be one of the the first names that comes up and, and people that the Magic could move. So um, on the season, Aaron is averaging fourteen point seven points per game, six. 0.2 rebounds, 3.1 assists, shooting 46% from the floor and 34% from three. The last three games in his point forward role, averaging 16.3 points, 4.3 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 45%. It's really 45.9, so basically 46% from the floor and then 40% from three. So um, I guess, Luke, you can start. Just tell me you know, what we've seen out of Aaron Gordon the last few games because, in my opinion, this is like – the best version of Aaron that we've seen, like the most sustainable version of Aaron. Um, so just kind of talk on that. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's definitely, I mean, of everybody on the court, you know, decision-making wise, I trust Aaron Gordon the most. Um, I think that he's found a, a spot to grow. 
Um, I think it's been great. I think it, you know, kind of stinks that, you know, we could see him, uh, you know, assume this role and then like next season he doesn't have that role ever, like again, um, especially if we grow to like it. Excuse me. <coughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I am all aboard the Aaron Gordon point guard train. I don't mind it at all. Um, he's averaging like, you know, whatever you said, I think it was like almost six assists a game in these last few games and like three turnovers. Um, so, I mean, that's a good number for, for anybody that that's facilitating the ball. Um, and he's getting those opportunities to do that. I, I think that it gives him, you know, a, a lot of good circumstances to put himself in. And he's someone that I trust you know, to, to really make those decisions. Like I said, he's probably the one that I trust the most on the court, um, you know, given who we've got active right now to run that position. So that's my take on it. I, I think it's, I think it's good. Again, not something we should overthink if he's playing well, playing well and approve that he's playing point guard, you know? I personally like the point forward role too, Luke, like you were saying. The thing with AG is, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to take that leap that we all think he's going to take, meaning that star leap. I don't think he's going to do it. I think with the point forward role, I think the best we can hope for right now is, you know, for him just to be a solid player and improve every year. But I I just can't see him taking that mega leap that we all thought he was going to take, you know, all-star. I don't think he's going to take that leap. And I'm actually, you know, obviously the Magic were shopping around with him a lot this offseason. I'm happy they didn't trade him because I know a lot of other management before our – front office right now would just trade it for whatever and I actually I think we there was a trade package with Trevor Ariza and I would have said to myself we would have traded AG for two late first round picks in Ariza I mean that would have been horrible so I'm happy they were patient with it and you know let's see what we have with them moving forward I think uh you know when you look at the the depth chart you know for this team of what should be a healthy team I mean, you have kind of a, a log jam at that forward position like we've been talking about for years and years and years now, but especially with Aaron, with Jonathan Isaac, um, you know, with, you know, Chuma Okiki whenever he's healthy, Al Farouk Aminu. I definitely think either Aaron or Al Farouk Aminu is going to be dealt sometime this season just because next season, like, is Al Farouk Aminu, like, ever going to fit in with this team? I, I just don't know. It's, it's really hard to say because – from day one like it was like really weird how he was going to fit and then he obviously didn't fit and then he was hurt and now he's taken so long to get back from you know what really shouldn't have been you know that long of a, a recovery but he had a setback and everything like that the thing with Aaron you know in this new role is is one it's only three games I still think he's going to even get a little bit better than you know how he's playing right now maybe we get another one or two assists like I could see Aaron getting up to like six or seven assists per game because we've kind of all known this for quite a while that he did have the talent to be a really good playmaker he showed flashes of being a really good passer but the other thing is this is showing other teams what Aaron is capable of right as if if you're talking about raising you know a a guy's you know um, trade value what better way to do that than show, look, th- this guy's capable of, of legitimately running your offense at times if you need him to. So when we talk about, you know, a, a guy like Draymond Green, who people have always compared Aaron Gordon to, to, that's the type of guy that he should be. He is proving that he is capable of doing that. He might not 
have you know all the IQ and the ability to really orchestrate a defense the way Draymond Green can. But when we're talking about like the the physical ability, he has all of that 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 Draymond Green does. He's more dynamic offensively as far as taking guys off the dribble. He's a better jumper. He's a better uh, he's a better shooter. Obviously, better athlete. All that stuff. And now you throw in the ability that this guy in a crunch has the ability to run an offense. I mean. To me, I'm like, if Aaron is going to get moved at some point, which some people are like completely and totally against it at this point, but I think we're kind of looking at this through the lens of just a decimated team. Like, if everyone was healthy, we're all still, first of all, Aaron doesn't get this opportunity. Aaron is probably still forcing things in certain situations. And we're like, okay, we've got Jonathan, we've got Chuma. We can probably move Aaron. Aaron's never going to be the guy that we were hoping he was going to be last year or two years ago or three years ago, whenever. So I think if this team was healthy, people are looking at that situation with Aaron a little bit differently. So based off of that, Luke, I don't know how you feel about that. Like that take that teams are are getting like another look at Aaron in in a way that they haven't really seen him before. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, it's a great point. It's a great perspective. Um, you know, like like I jokingly say sometimes, you know, whether I'm texting or talking with friends, is yeah, go ahead, boost that trade value. That's fine. I don't, don't don't mind. Doesn't matter. Doesn't bother me. Uh, so and that's what he's doing, and he's also becoming a better player. I think through this experience, um, you know, like George has said, and then you sense echoed Jonathan. Um, I mean, year what seven with this guy, he's not gonna become some you know budding superstar overnight at this point. Aaron Gordon is who Aaron Gordon is if he can you know get some uh you know if he can gain the skills that that you know of being a guard of being able to bring the ball up the court that's a big guy to be bringing the ball up the court so I mean teams would love you know a chance to to have someone like that who can be a point forward um he he's not LeBron James uh, who can bring the ball up the court, but you know he's he's an example of just a big body and how much you know you can value that. You get the ball, you bring the ball down the court. If you can get started on that hash and get a head full of steam, um, especially with a guy like Ag, I mean it's it's a wrap. Some you know if he can find that lane and get to the hoop. I mean you get early, you score early, you you push the pace with guys like that. So it it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens, and um, I definitely am of the belief that he could be boosting some trade value right now for Orlando to deal him before deadline. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting. So last thing I wanted to ask you guys, as we're kind of talking about the point guard role, um, obviously, you know, we've seen, you know, Cole has struggled somewhat offensively to start the year, you know, right now due to the injuries, Jordan bone is pretty much the, the full-time backup right now. Um, you know, Michael Carter Williams, we're still waiting for him to come back, but just what, something that over the last two weeks, I mean, really, since Markel went down, there's one name in particular that I keep seeing come up, and I almost don't want to have this conversation, but people are talking about it so much, I feel like we have to. Um, as far as addressing like the backup point guard role, because people are either like, we either need a veteran to come in and, and take over for Cole until he's ready, or we need someone that's better than Jordan Bone. So the person, don't say I'm it. sure you, I, you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about don't Isaiah Thomas. Don't say it. <laughs> I'm talking about don't Isaiah Thomas. There's, there's, yeah, there's a... Yeah, there's a few other names out there that have been thrown around when you when you look across like the the landscape of the NBA free agency. I think if we were to sign a veteran backup point guard, the the best three candidates that I could find would be Isaiah Thomas, 
Emmanuel Moutier, and then Brandon Knight. Okay, we don't have to talk too much about Moutier and Knight because people have just <laughs> focused on Isaiah Thomas. George, how do you feel about whether or not the Magic should go after Isaiah Thomas? I personally don't think it wouldn't work. I think people are too fixated on the Boston Isaiah Thomas and just think that the Boston Isaiah Thomas is magically going to come back. I mean, we saw how Isaiah Thomas performed after his hip surgery in Cleveland and Denver. Uh, I don't think he's going to be that Boston IT. And I think the defense would just be horrendous with him. I mean, he just, the guy doesn't play defense. I don't think he fits with the system. Uh, He's a ball dominant player. He takes a lot of shots and he has no defense. So I personally don't like the idea. I heard the idea of Jeremy Lin float around. Uh, I, I think Jeremy Lin would be better than Isaiah Thomas, but I don't know. It's kind of a very shallow market of point guards right now. Yeah, I'm those three names you named, Jonathan, uh, I'll give it a pass, pass, and a pass. I I don't I, – why? I don't – why would we rush to just sign a backup point? If you got AG who can facilitate MCW coming back soon, what do you, why are we, are we, I'm sorry. Are we going to make the finals? Like, do we need to do this? Do we, do we really need to go down that road of signing a backup point guard? I mean, you could argue. Sure. I mean, if we're really, you know, desperate to make the playoffs. Um, but it, I think with the roster we've got, we can be, somewhat competitive when MCW comes back um, and kind of continue to give young guys like Cole meaningful minutes, give AG some time to continue to boost that uh, trade stock a little bit. And that's, that's it. I mean, I'm not really hitting the panic button to sign Isaiah Thomas or Emmanuel Moutier or any of those guys. So Michael Carter Williams, that is like, that is my whole thing. Like, we first of all, we know regardless, we could we could sign, <laughs> we could sign Michael Jordan tomorrow, like prime Michael Jordan, <laughs> right? We could we could sign ten prime Michael Jordans tomorrow. Steve Clifford would still find a way to get Michael Carter Williams in the rotation. Like that's just there's no there, there's no Starting. reality. There's there's no matrix simulation that we live in where Michael Carter Williams does not get on the floor in a magic uniform with Steve Clifford as the head coach. Okay, let's just all accept that. But my thing, okay, so you're going to go out, you, you sign Isaiah Thomas. Then then what's going to happen with Michael Carter-Williams when he comes back? Then Isaiah Thomas is just our 13th man sitting on the end of the bench. Like, do we really need to do that? And this kind of goes back to my point earlier where you don't necessarily just say, okay, we're going to purposely lose as many games as possible, right? But you also don't try to sell out just to make the the eighth or the the ninth or the tenth seed again, right? Is it important for the young guys? Sure, but at this point, what young guys are we talking about? We're talking about Cole. We're talking about Chuma. Right. We're talking about Mo. At this point, I don't think it's really going to hinder those guys that much if we don't make the playoffs this year. Is it important to play in meaningful games and and be competitive? Absolutely. That's why I'm saying don't just throw the season away and try to be as bad as possible, but don't also sell out to be, you know, the eighth or, or ninth or tenth seed. Don't do just whatever it takes. We've seen what happens when you do whatever it takes to, to be the eighth seed. You trade Tobias Harris for Ursan Ilyasova and Brandon Jennings. <laughs> Guess what? That didn't work. Okay. Yeah. So why would why on God's green earth what would we do that again? Okay. Well, the other thing is, yeah. go ahead. 
No, I'm just going to say I'll paint the picture. You sign Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. You get some more depth at point guard. You make – you're the 10 seed, right? Just the Amway is rocking. You're the 10 seed. <laughs> I'm being facetious, by the way. The Amway is not going to be rocking at the 10 seed. Um, and I, I would – no, you, I understand what you're saying, but I would I would disagree with you. If the Magic get into a, like a playing game at, at the 10 seed, I don't think they'd be hosting it anyways. But in this theoretical universe – if the Magic have one game to get into the playoffs, the Amway would definitely be rocking. I, I, I okay, I just fine. Want to throw that fine, in there. fine. So Amway, fine, fine, Jonathan. The Amway is rocking. All right, the, it's just the, give the, credit the ten, where it's due. That's all. I, the we've ten, been there. The ten seed. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Post COVID sellout crowd. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. So, so you go on to lose. You've sold out, like Jonathan has said many times. You, you sell out for Isaiah Thomas. You're the 10 seed. The Amway is rocking. And you lose. <laughs> and then you're looking at yourself and you're going, why did we sign Isaiah Thomas to be the 10 seed and go fishing like a week later than teams that didn't even make the playoffs? So that's my that my take is very similar with what I'm sure, what I know is Jonathan's, what I'm sure is George's as well. Um, no point. Um, I'm not entertaining the idea. I, why do you need it? You don't. You don't. Need so it. my last point is this: you don't go into the season, or you don't go into a period of saying, "Okay, we're just going to blow it up. We're going to tank. We're going to lose as many games as we can on purpose." However, if it happens accidentally, if it were to happen accidentally, which I think it's, we're kind of in the middle of that happening, given all the injuries. This is the year to do it. Like we said coming into the year, this year was going to be a wash without Jonathan Isaac. What is it now, a super wash without Markel? I mean, if if there's a year to do it, this is the year to do it. George, what do you think? I completely agree. I think I think even with the with the COVID situation with the fans, I mean, just the thought of not being able to potentially see the Amway packed and full during the playoffs. I mean, I'm I don't really care about seeing the Magic play. It just doesn't have the same feel to it. Yeah. You know, seeing 2,000 people in the Amway Center then seeing it sold out, you know, the energy in the city, it's just not the same feeling. And like you said, I think if we were to tank, this year would be the year to do it. No Markel, no J.I. Chuma's, you know, going through some rough patches right now. And I, I think eventually we're going to have to do it. So why not yeah. just do it now? Yeah, I, I think, and I've said this was, you know, I want meaningful games. I don't want to tank. Um, however, uh, you guys can catch me the next time the magic are getting blown out and you can text me and just say, Hey Luke, what do you think about tanking? And I'll say sold, do it. Yeah. Because I'm very emotional. <laughs> and Luke, at that point dude, I'll be it's ready. Just every end of the spectrum during the <laughs> dude, just like straight pendulum, just back and forth, yeah. back and forth. <laughs> we're, we're down, we're That's down me. by 10. Luke's like, screw this team tank. <laughs> we, we hit a couple threes. We're up by one. He's like. Sign Isaiah Luke Thomas. Thomas. Like, let's do it. Like, <laughs> all right, no. stop. No, no, no. no. I, love I love Luke's attitude. Right. Though. I love his attitude. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, yeah. Oh, very to... honest. If you're not emotional, you don't care. No, of yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm very honest when it comes to this team, and uh, very emotional. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not for the tank. If it happens, if we stumble into it, if that's just what happens, like if we're just bad enough that we're not going to be like that we're going to it looks like we're tanking but we're just bad that's one thing like and i think that might be where this team ends up um you know near the end of the year is just kind of 
on the tank train, and uh, we'll see. Tank for Kate, I guess. I, I don't know. Is that how you, I think uh, it's been a while since I've tanked. It's been a couple years, so I don't know. I think but it's another thing point. I think is – No, go ahead, George. Uh, so I don't – do you think this team's bad enough to tank? I mean, say, say we're past the injuries. It's the end of the year. We're looking bad. I mean, I don't know. Are we bad enough to tank? I think at some point you just – you have to be – like the front office has to be honest with themselves and say what what are we going to benefit for from more long term okay you you come into this season you had to have a pretty good idea of whether or not you would want to re-sign Evan Fournier at the end of the year you have to have a pretty good idea going into the season on whether or not you want to move Aaron Gordon for some of the reasons that I listed before Jonathan Isaac Chuma Okiki it seems like it's just kind of the natural progression of things that at some point Aaron Gordon is going to be moved. It's been talked about so long now. And again, you don't tank on purpose, but if it happens by accident and you just look around and say, okay, what is this team going to benefit benefit from more long-term? Are we really just going to go all in and try to make the playoffs? Or are we just going to ride the season out, see what happens with the draft position, and try to improve a little bit more through the draft? As much as we love Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, you know, Mobamba, we still don't know what he's going to be, Cole Anthony, Chuma Okiki, I think we could all agree that we're not sold that any one of those guys could be like the guy. So until you're sure that any of those guys can be the guy, I think you continue to look for the guy. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, George, it depends on if the Magic move AG or not, I think. But I don't I don't know that we're I don't know that we're good that that we're bad enough to be like a bottom feeder right now. Um, I could honestly I could see Orlando being a 10 seed and playing in that playing game, regardless of Isaiah Thomas or not, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, at that point, you know, you, you become the 10 seed, then what? Then you become the 8 seed, basically, or the 7 seed, and you still get stomped first round without your guys like Markel and J.I. It probably wouldn't be a fun time. Um, but, but yeah, so, um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. The Magic kind of have a few options, a few different ways they can go. Um, I don't know that the front office is the type to – just kind of say, all right, we're tanking. Um, but if they are naturally bad enough, sure. Um, but I, I just don't know if they would actually, you know, entertain the thought of just like intentionally tanking. I don't think that's in their DNA. They're very stubborn individuals. Um, the, you know, the, the, the two at the top with, uh, you know, Weltham, but, um, yeah, I just don't think that, I think if it happens naturally, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, you're probably, you know, 14 pick 15 pick, and kind of where we were this past year, um, you know, maybe a little bit worse, but yeah. who knows? No, I definitely agree. They're big on the player development, the culture. Right. And to an extent, I agree with them. I mean, you have to have that winning culture because the moment we go into tanking on purpose, it's just a downhill road of two, yeah. three, four, five years. Right. Exactly. Agreed. I think I've made this point, but I just want to be clear. I do not want to intentionally tank. But if it happens by accident and they decide not to try to drastically improve the team, I'm I'm not going to toss and turn at night about it. But we'll see. I mean, yep. hopefully we're getting Evan back soon. That will make a huge difference. It's so funny. All the people that have been saying that we're better without Evan, we're better without Evan. We're clearly not better without Evan. 
Let's just can we just put that to rest? We should be getting Michael Carter Williams yeah. back. Hopefully, at some point this season, we'll get Aminu and, and and Chuma back, and the four of those guys really will make a huge difference. I don't think that we can underestimate the fact that like we're missing like seven of our best like nine or ten guys right now. That I mean, that you can't yeah. really you can't really underestimate that. So. Um, next week, the week ahead, uh, you guys are listening to this on Monday, uh, depending on when you listen to this on Monday, the game against the Knicks may have already been played. That game is at noon tomorrow, which is just kind of weird the way that the schedule has worked out for the magic the last couple of days. Uh, but then the magic will be in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves on Wednesday. Uh, the Timberwolves are three and eight. The Knicks are five and eight. Then they're headed to Indianapolis to pay to play the Pacers on Friday. Pacers are eight and four, and they finish the week on Sunday in Charlotte against the Hornets, who are six and eight. So, looking at the schedule again, uh, the Timberwolves, Carl um, Anthony Towns for just the unbelievable amount of things that that kid has gone through this year as it pertains to COVID. He has now tested positive for COVID, so the Timberwolves will be without. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, who have been off to a rough start anyways. Um, the Pacers, who just traded for Karis LeVert, we know they will be without Karis LeVert. Pacers are still a very, very good team. Um, but just with those changes, um, how do you guys feel about the Week 4 games? How do you end up? We how do you think we end up? Uh, I think it all depends if we get Evan back. I think he'll give us a big push, the injuries. Uh, I feel good about tomorrow against New York. Uh, I, I believe they lost four out of the last five games. They started hot, and now they're kind of going down. Uh, obviously, the Wolves aren't going to have Cat. I feel pretty good. I think it all depends on if Evan comes back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Knicks had, like, a really weird win against the Celtics uh, yesterday where they won, like, by 40 or something crazy. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like – like George said, it depends a lot on Evan Fournier. Um, you know, if we are able to win that game, um, even I mean, we even without him, we'll be, we'll be able to win that game. But with him, would be very nice. Um, and then you know, T Wolves struggling, Pacers just had you know some things alter their roster. Um, I mean, the good news is this week is not last week, and the Magic can win some games. Um, last week I said it's very realistic that the Magic could be six and seven end of the week. Here we are, um, and now I think that you know Orlando's got a chance here. I'd probably say that the Magic go. I'm gonna say two and two. I'm gonna go very conservative here <laughs> and say the Magic go two and two. So at the end of the week, what you'd be looking at eight and nine, um, but. You know, who knows? Until the Magic get back fully healthy, it's going to be really hard to predict what happens with this team because night in and night out, the NBA is so different with COVID protocols and contact tracing and players being out and you know, on top of injuries. And this is all over the league. Like, you know, who knows? You know, the, the Knicks could have, you know, a couple guys test positive that are key to their performance. And all of a sudden, you know, the Magic are playing against an undermanned Knicks team and able to win, you know, by 20 or 30. So who knows is, is really what I'm saying. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, the good news is this week is not last week. Yeah, absolutely. This is as hard as last week was. This is Orlando's chance to bounce back to, you know, make up some of those losses. Um, I'm right there with you, like two and two, like maybe even three and one. I mean, I think the potential yeah. is there for four and oh, but I think it's pretty unlikely. 
Um, you know, yeah. should be should be able to beat the Knicks. Um, should be able to beat the Timberwolves, and then the Pacers and the Hornets just aren't really where I'm like not quite sure on yet. Lamelo Ball is playing much better as of late. Um, you know, the Magic match up pretty well with them uh, in the preseason, but I don't think we saw Gordon Hayward in the preseason. Um, he's been playing pretty well uh, as of late, also. So. Um, the Pacers, I mean, no Victor Oladipo, but still, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, they still have Damanis Sabonis, who has just been destroying people out there. So, um, but yeah, I'm right there with you, like two and two, three and one, but yeah, hopefully we can, you know, get some wins. Like even, even like we, even though we lost last night, like just the fact that it was an enjoyable game to watch, because like the Celtics game was just so far from that. It was like, man, if. Luke and I were talking like once we found out that that Harden was going to be available and like Kyrie whether or not he was going to play like when that was up in the air we're like oh we'll be lucky to lose this game by 20. Yeah. And and thankfully they were able to make it close. So um yeah guys that's all I got. Um anybody last thoughts before we sign off here? No, I'm good. I appreciate it George. Thanks for coming on. Go. I appreciate it guys. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, Had a great time. Thank you guys. Yeah, and brother, what, you absolutely killed it. And what was uh, what where what page like? What's the exact handle that people can find you uh, on Instagram? You guys can follow me at Oral Magic Nation. O R L Magic Nation. Gotcha. And if you guys aren't following George, absolutely go ahead and do that. But again, I share Luke's sentiments. George, thank you so much for coming on, man. You killed it. It was awesome to have you on. It was a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, if you guys, if this is your first time listening to the episode and you enjoyed what you heard, if you guys could, could drop a, a follow on our social medias at six man show, um, or if you want to leave us a, a rating and review, you know, on, on iTunes, that always goes a long way. And we release episodes every single Monday, me and my boy Luke here, even throughout the quarantine, when there was no basketball, we were just doing Cranking everything. We were killing ourselves to try to find stuff to, to talk about. So um, even when there's no basketball, there's still the six man show. But for George, for Luke, this has been Jonathan. Thank you guys for listening to the six man show. And we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the six man show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google play and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!